Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is someone that I've gotten to know over the past couple of years. She has become a colleague. She has become a teacher and a mentor in so many ways. She's she's become a friend of mine that I am just so pleased to invite to the microphone this morning at Live on Purpose Radio. This is Natasha Visser. Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio, Natasha. Well, thanks for that introduction, Dr. Paul. I'm glad to be part of your circle. Thanks for having me today. (laughs) I probably should put a little more context around this because it's, it's interesting what the world of technology can do to bring people together. And you and I have never met face to face. We've we've always met virtually. And people are used to that in the age of pandemic and Zoom meetings and everything else that goes on there. But uh, you and I connected through some videos that I had put out on YouTube. And you resonated with some of the messages that were going on there. Now, for, for you uh, listeners today, Natasha is a professional counselor in Pretoria, South Africa. Now, that's not anywhere close to where I operate in Orem, Utah. But there's a lot of similarities in the way that we think about life and in the way that we approach our clientele. And so Natasha, as a professional counselor, has been specializing with uh, working with parents and working with kids and especially helping them to have some of the difficult but very important conversations around issues like sex and sexuality. And that's an interesting specialty that you've taken on, Natasha. But would you share with us just a little bit about your story, the background behind why you're so passionate about this and have made it part of your life's calling? Tell us a little bit more about that. So um, thanks, Dr. Paul. Yes, my mother the other day said, I can't believe you are doing this for a living, <laughs> talking about sex. Uh, well, that wasn't my real vision. It was more like just family counseling. But let's take, talk about how I got started. And normally I start where I started my pra- uh, start my uh, practical work in our unplanned pregnancy counseling center. But maybe today we can go a little bit further back. Maybe a story you don't know. So when I was a little girl, <laughs> let's say I was, I think, nine, eight, nine-ish there, around about then, as soon as I can remember. I remember my mother sitting with me in, uh, in my bedroom at night doing our prayers. And she would pray and cast a vision on my husband and my life specifically about my husband, my relationships, and how it would look like. And I remember I had a little uh, 
white paper where I wrote my dream and my goal of how my husband should look like, how he should be. A little bit childish dreams, but it was very, very specific. And my mom actually planted that dream in my heart. And I was praying about my husband and my future family since I was eight, nine years old. So uh, that is just something interesting that started way back then. And then as I um, now studied and did all my things, I got the man that I dreamed of. (laughs) I married him and I've got and all of that. And um, so it started very young. And then when, so I don't actually have this sad story. Oh, not sad story, but you know, this Victoria story coming over obstacles and going through divorce or trauma like that. I didn't go through that. I actually got my dream that my mom helped me dream about. And then I started my psychology background and my practice or my practical experience. My dad hours, I started at the pregnancy counseling center. And then when I start working there, I actually start seeing that, you know, these girls and boys that I worked with doesn't have any dreams, any goal setting, anything that direct their choices when it comes to their sexuality. And when I sit there and talk to them, they would say, well, nobody told me that. Why didn't I know that? <laughs> and right. it was, I was like that. And I was, uh, that was like my dream, uh, one of my dreams to become whatever I want in my career. But as important was my dream about my husband and my uh, my my family life. And that's where I actually started doing these coaching and that, uh, coaching programs, teaching parents to talk to their kids about sex. But it's actually, I know I call it sex because that's what draw people out. But it's more about their life choices, their relationships, their decisions about pornography and sexing and stuff like that, that propels them in a direction in their life that they are going to have consequences later if they don't make good decisions. And those decisions are guided by your goals and your dreams. And my mother wasn't a coach. She was just a good mom. And she actually, when I think about it, she coached me and showed me how to set the goal in all areas of life, but more specifically when it comes to relationships. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I'm trying to, uh, I'm teaching and coaching and helping parents and teenagers to have that same goal because it can be done. (laughs) Yes. You know, I noticed something, Natasha, and being in the industry, as you and I both have been for our our adult career life, we see a lot of people who come into the mental health industry and the helping and counseling fields who are coming from a place of having experienced some kind of trauma or, or extreme life circumstance. And I think that adds some richness to their experience obviously but you said almost apologetically that you're not coming from there you're coming from a very different perspective and I can relate to this in fact this is probably one of the things that uh, created a connection between us originally and that is that we're coming from a position of having experienced something very different something that may be characterized as Um, an alternative view to, you know, coming from, from the trauma or the, the experiences of deficit that drive a lot of people into this particular industry. But like you, I'm, I'm remembering some of my background and the teaching and coaching that I got from my good parents and the, the very solid family background that I came from and it, it allows a different perspective for that. And I think we need both in the industry. 
I think we absolutely need those perspectives. But I, I think I also want to acknowledge that the position you're coming from is one of strength. And it's almost, I don't know if apologetic is the right word, but I, I've felt that myself sometimes in the industry. Well, I haven't had any of those terrible traumatic experiences. And we all have our own package, right? But you've had an opportunity to be exposed at an early age to principles that have allowed you to create healthy relationships in your life and have have created a background and I think a foundation for you to now move forward and share those principles with other people in a way that can improve and bless their life as well. So that's just an observation that I had as you were sharing your story with us. Yeah, well, it's a good observation because I was struggling with this for a long time. Because what can you bring, you know, talking to people that are struggling, that really going through a hard time? And the mm -hmm. thing is, like you always say, we have our tribe and there is people that need to hear this message. Why? Uh, I'm blessed with this message that I know. So let's help other people that also need to hear it. So, But I struggled right. with a lot of time to get out of my own way to actually help people because it's hard because people are going through difficult times. Right. <laughs> You know, the the topic that you've selected now, you've couched it in sexuality and helping parents to talk to their kids about sex. And I appreciate that you expanded that for us. It's not just about sexuality. It's about making good choices. And obviously that applies to sexuality, but it also applies to a, a host of other contexts or circumstances that our kids might find themselves in. And this is an important skill for parents to develop the ability to open up the conversation and have open communication about anything. Tell us a little more about what you've learned about that specifically. Yes, yeah, so my husband always say, you can make anything about sex. <laughs> I can always create a teaching <laughs> opportunity about teaching the kids about sex the point of that is is it's actually about choices and when they go into their teenage years with all the hormones flooding their body it's not a bad thing because we want them to grow up and we want that spot of life but right. i don't know what to do with that so uh, when we don't talk about that we don't actually teach our children how to handle those sexuality and th those feelings they have so um the choices that they're going to make in that window are filled with uh, all those urges <laughs> that they have we need to start early in parenthood as early as possible to teach them how to have um self-regulation when it comes to motion uh, emotions we need yes. to teach them the gratification so it's all about the developing, and I know sexuality is part of it, but it's sort of clear, climax for me in the tween teen years where they actually, where you taught them all these self-regulations and delayed gratifications. When they get there, they need to, need to be able to make good decisions, healthy decisions, wise decisions for themselves. So when I say I make any teaching opportunity, opportunity about sex, we are actually teaching our children skills 
on how to make wise decisions in life. Uh, and that we can teach them in all fields, when it comes with sport, culture, activities, schoolwork, everything. So you can use that and say there's going to be harder choices down the line that you need to say no or yes to. And we can only do that by not telling them what they're not supposed to do, but by giving them a dream, like my mother gave me a dream. So uh, I coach parents on how to have that goal and dream and bestow that dream on your children when they are older, that when they come into that crossroads to make a decision to have sex or not, or to watch porn or not, or whatever they big decision, maybe in sex, but other choices as well, is that choice in a line with your goals and um, yeah that's where I teach them and most of the parents have not goals I call it not goals maybe you heard me talk about that before so a not goal especially when it comes to sex and all of that and not goal is I don't want my kids to get pregnant don't get pregnant that's a not goal don't get STD that's a not goal okay don't have sex that's a not goal so what goal are you um, giving your child if you tell them everything they're not supposed to do, okay? So we right. want to give them a goal by saying, okay, I dream of having uh, this type of relationship. I want this, I want two kids, I want four kids, and we want to live here, and I want them to, you know, dream that dreams with them. That's a goal, something to work towards. And then when they make the decisions, it's not based on something they don't want. It's actually based on something they aim and strive to. Anyway, maybe I gave a long answer. I, but. Well, I think that is such a powerful idea. And when we come back from this break, Natasha, I would love to jump into more of the practicalities around that. You know, what we can do as parents to open up these conversations. I think you've queued it up beautifully for that conversation. Folks, this is Natasha Visser at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Natasha Visser today at Live On Purpose Radio coming to us from the beautiful South African continent. Well, it's not a continent, it's country. <laughs> but it's on a different continent than the one I'm on. Natasha, yeah, I'm well, so... Sorry, Dr. Paul. <laughs> Some people get confused. We are South Africa, but not just in the South. Yeah, but anyway, continue. <laughs> right. And that exposes some, some of my lack of familiarity with the geography of the place where you live. Uh, like I said earlier, as we were introducing you today, Natasha, we've, we've never met physically. We're, we're virtual friends. 
And uh, I've been so fascinated with what you've been doing to help parents and, and your reach has expanded. When I first talked to you, you had a fairly limited reach there in your community in South Africa. And by limited, I just mean you were quite well known. You were very busy in what you were doing and had audiences there locally. But since then, I've seen in the last couple of years as you've expanded your reach to much more of a global reach. And this interview is an example of that as you're getting your message out to parents all over the world who are looking for ways to open up these conversations with their kids. And I, I just before the break, Natasha, as you were talking about goals and not goals, I, the image came to my mind of being in a train station and you're going to buy a ticket to some destination. So you go to the counter and you tell the ticket clerk, I want a ticket but I don't want to go to Johannesburg. Give me a ticket. I don't want to go to Johannesburg. Well, what's the only destination that's in that poor clerk's mind? Johannesburg. (laughs) That's the only one that they, because, well, I don't want to go there. Well, that's now the only thing that we are thinking about and talking about and focusing on. Think about how that relates to our kids. Don't, have sex. And what are they thinking about? (laughs) What is the sex thing, right? Especially if you don't open up a conversation about healthy sexuality at that point. So I really appreciate that you're steering us back to let's forget for a minute about everything you don't want. What do you want? And then we work toward that. I I thought that was a, a very fitting um, example for what you shared with us just before the break. Yeah, so we we need to set that goals very clearly for our kids. Thanks so much, Dr. Paul, because yes, if we don't do that, what we focus on grow. Uh, And that's just what, and that will grow the not idea. And it's so interesting in my pregnancy, when I worked at the Pregnancy Counseling Center, a lot of the girls, when they sit there, I can't tell my mom. She told me not to get pregnant. <laughs> you know, and then she's there, pregnant. And it's just the example. What she focused on, that happened. So, yeah, let's do it a more positive <laughs> way. A better way of doing this. <laughs> well, there's another important reason for that, Natasha. And I've, I remember a 13-year-old girl who was brought in here by her mother. Her mother was really concerned about her ideas and direction related to sexuality. And as I got into this conversation with this mom and her daughter, it became very, very clear to me that this this girl knew very little about sexuality, but she was playing with it a lot because her friends and social media and whatever, I mean, it was drawing her into this idea or this mindset about sexuality that really didn't have very much substance to it. And so I remember taking her down the hall. I said, it's kind of like fire, Uh, like the fire in your house. And she's like, there's no fire in our house. I said, you have never seen the fire in your house. So I took her down the hall here in my office to the furnace room 
And I opened up the door and I showed her down underneath, you know, where the burner is. And I turned up the thermostat just enough that the little pilot light ignited those burners. And whoosh, we had all this fire, right? And she's looking at it like, I never knew that there was fire in my house. I says, yeah, it's right there in your furnace. And she says, why is it blue? <laughs> because it's a gas flame in there, you know, and she had never experienced that. But sexuality, I think, is so much like that. And fire, when it's not contained or steered in a particular direction, can be very, very destructive. And as parents, I think it's important for us to know that and to share that with our kids, that it's like fire in there. And fire can be a really great thing as long as it doesn't get outside of the furnace, <laughs> Right. So there's a lot of analogies there. You talked earlier about how you find opportunities to teach from almost everything. Yeah. When we bride, we call it a bride, but I think you call it a barbecue. Uh, we call it a bride. <laughs> and oh. we bride. Now, we always talk about uh, the safety of in the uh, fireplace where you have your bar uh, your barbecue or braai. Uh, that's where it's nice. You can have meat, it's heat, it's nice. Uh, and that's like in a marriage. You know, it's safe. Yeah. It's bound and it's safe. And uh, good place to teach our children that, that. And another place where I teach the kids, and I love doing that with my kids, is when we do gardening. And... Um, uh, with when we talk about uh, planting flowers. And that's where I normally define love for our kids. So if you don't know, if, and normally parents say, where do I start? I always start by saying, define love for your child. If they don't understand the definition of love, they're going to run into trouble. Because what does society or let's say social media and television and movies say? Sex is love. Love is sex. Um, they made love, you know, when they have sex in their movie yeah. theater. So, but they never show the consequences if, if they made love and it's like a one night stand or it's, you know, in this passionate moment. How is that love if, if the person is so hurt afterwards and we don't see that in movies? That's why it's so important to teach our children the definition of love. And a good place is when you do gardening or when you plant a flower. So uh, may I actually give the definition of love? How I, I would love to hear that. Yes. Okay, so I actually use a Bible verse, Ephesians 5, verse 28 to 29, where it says, for no one ever hated his own flesh. Okay, and like you say, what's the opposite of hate is love. But, so the Bible gives us the opposite of that hate is to nourish and cherish it, your body now. So when you love, if you hate your body, Okay, what's the opposite of hate is love, is to nourish and cherish it. So let's look at a, a flower. Let's say you and your child is going to do some garden work. When you plant that flower, when you nourish it, you give them nice soil, water, make sure they, if it's a sun plant, they need enough sun or uh, shade or whatever. So you nourish and give it everything they need to grow to its full potential, that little flower. And then to protect it is meaning that you protect it from anything that will hinder it to grow to their full maturity, the nourishment. So we need to nourish and protect. So if some if somebody loves you, they would nourish and protect you and make sure that uh. you will grow to your full maturity. So if you were a tree, 
to your full maturity, you will nourish it to make it to full maturity. So I normally say in four areas, it is in your mentality, what your work, schoolwork, uh, physically your body, spiritually your relationship with God, and then relationshiply with your parents. So let's just make it practical. Let's make it simple and practical. So if a boy loves you, let's use that as an example. If he loves you, he will protect you from anything that hinders you to grow to full maturity physically, mentally, spiritually, and relationship with. So if he asks you for sex and you have sex with him and he tells you he loves you, is he protecting you mentally and saying that you can still go back to school if you're pregnant? Is he protecting you physically if you get pregnant? Okay. Is he protecting you spiritually? So if you are a believer, whatever your faith is, most of the time it's like in marriage, so a Christian in marriage. So if that happens, you have guilt towards your creator. You have guilt or shame or whatever. So you struggle with your spirituality and relationshiply you lying to your parents. So if he loves you, did he protect you in the four areas to grow to full maturity in that areas? And that's a good question. Wow. So if we define love, if somebody loves you, he will protect you from anything that hinders you to grow to full maturity. So if we teach our children that, they can make healthy decisions if they want to love somebody when they want to get married or when they're older because if a guy or girl are asking you for naked photos to watch porn to have sex are they loving you is that an act of love truly if they ask you that can you see how important it is to uh, to define love for your children so what i normally do that's a beautiful example with the flowers let's use the flowers again so show your child uh somebody picking a flower so pick a flower if they pick that flower, do you think that person loves flowers? So I love flowers. I pick the flower and put it in a vase on my bed table or whatever. Do I love flowers? I normally ask them that. They say, yes, it's pretty. You love flowers. They say, well, put the definition of love on that. If you mm -hmm. love something, you love the flower, will that flower grow to its full maturity? And then they will say no. So if we plant the flower and give it water, that will grow. Can you see how you can make gardening about sex? And then you can <laughs> say, when you focus on this flower to grow and give it water and everything, it grows to the full. We love the flowers then. And then you can take it one step further, maybe another example with flowers, put the flower in a pot. And then you say, okay, let's put, what do you call, uh, we call it soil when we plant the flower in a pot, okay? So that is the safe boundaries of putting the flowers in the soil, Okay. But let's uh, let all the dirt of the uh, soil go out of the pot. What do we call it? It's dirt. So sex outside of boundaries is dirt. Sex inside of boundaries is soil to grow. And that's the uh, So can you see, you can make any opportunity can, you can use in that to explain to your children. So we're talking about sex, but actually more important, we're talking about love. And if we love them, we need to teach them this information. That's why I call it let's explain, because we need to explain this to our kids. It's not just saying, no, don't do it. That's not giving them enough information to make a wise decision. Right. So, uh, that's very thoughty. That's the first place to start. I love the context that you just put around that, because sex and love are often confused, especially in the media and in social media. And what you're saying is let's let's open up our perspective a little bit more, define love, and then sex can be a very important, rich part of the soil, as you described it, 
um, that, that contributes to a loving, committed relationship. And outside of that, we, we lose the context. Natasha, thank you so much for your contributions here today. You mentioned in passing your program, Let's Explain. Could you take just a moment to tell people how they can connect to that? Because I think you might have triggered the thinking of some of our listeners and they may want to connect with you. Thanks, Dr. Paul. Yes, so you can go to my website, uh, www.letsexplain.org. So let's explain. You can see sex is in there. So let's explain. But I explain more than just sex. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can connect with me there. All my programs, everything is there. My email address, they can reach out to me. I can help. <laughs> so letsexplain.org. And when you spell that out, you'll see the word sex is right in the middle of that. And it's clever how you've done that, Natasha, and capitalized that so that they know the topic, but it doesn't get lost in all of the dirt that's out there. Let's explain. And you've got programs there to help parents have the resources that they need to have these conversations with their children and instill in them the vision and the goals that will help them to be truly successful and happy in life. Thank you so much for your contributions here today at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you, Dr. Paul. Thanks for the opportunity. (laughs) Folks, you've heard it from Natasha Visser, and it's time now for each of us to take what we've learned and go live on purpose. Mm -hmm.